Hello and welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 143. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much. Glad to be podcasting again. It's been a busy week. Some good plans for getting uh, some skiing in and possibly some uh, get togethers for some live podcasts with Brian. Just uh, doing some planning and throwing some ideas out there. So, looks like uh, January is going to be. Uh, ski central for me. Well, this is the time of year when miracles do happen. So we'll see what we can pull off and, and make come to reality. Just hopefully it's not miracle on ice. It's miracle on snow. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Can't speak we, for Northeast all, all the time. Yeah. So before we get started, I want to give a, a thank you to the folks over at Warren Miller entertainment. They just sent us over some pretty sweet swag, which I posted on the socials earlier this week. So thank you to them and to Skylar specifically, who was helping us out through uh, this, this whole season process. Got these great sweatshirts. Obviously you can't see it if you're just listening to it right now, but it's a cool, like uh, hooded zip up sweater. It's got a mountain and a helicopter. Pretty cool stuff. Got some great hat and one of those funky like neck tube things where you kind of make it, a balaclava or a neck gate or both. So thank you again so much for, uh, for sending that to us because it's that time of year and we love, we love that kind of swag and we love showing it off and we love wearing it out on the mountain. Nice. Nice thing to send that. That seemed like a great event, man. Yeah. And also before we get started too, we want to give a shout out to our, our new friend, a nudge over at Feedspot for coming up with a list of the top skiing podcasts of which we were, we were up there on the list. So thank you so much for including us and for creating the list. And we look forward to moving further up next year. And we can't do that without thanking you guys for checking it out. We really do appreciate it. Check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. You may see another link at the top there that was not there last week which we'll talk more about later on in this episode a little teaser check us out instagram.com slash ski bum podcast twitter.com slash ski bum podcast facebook.com slash ski bum podcast we are on youtube it's got a crazy url i don't know what it is but just look for highfalutin ski bums you'll find us there we're also on pinterest as highfalutins and we're on soundcloud as highfalutin dash ski bum I think that's everything. It's a lot of stuff. But if you go to the website, it's all linked there in the footer and the header. So go check it out. And if you better, email, just, you better off just subscribing. It's easy better, to do that. It really is the easiest thing to do is just go onto your favorite podcasting app and subscribe and just have it sitting right there on your phone when you're ready to do your thing, whether you're going for a run, going to the gym, going to work, going to court. I don't know where you're going. Going to the mountain. You're sitting in the you're sitting in the gondola, and you want to listen to something on the way up to get you excited and have a chuckle. That's what we're here for. So our super fan Melanie, she listens to it at work. She's on the road all the time. Uh, our buddy Steve, One Wheel Steve, he he just fixed his phone. There was some stupid thing blocking him from getting our podcast. They're trying to censor us. We're being censored. Work. That's right. The deep state is trying to stop us. That's right. They don't want us to get like in your ear and tell you the truth. So. Uh, he's finally able to listen to the podcast. So he's like, he's like all excited. He's like, Oh, it sounds, it sounds tight. You guys are good. That's so, right. We are. We shan't be stopped. Right. 
Camp and Shant. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. Please subscribe. Please rate us on your favorite podcasting app and let all your, your friends know and then have them check it out so we can do more stuff. So thank you. So with that, let's kick it off. It's time for our pray today. It's feeling like winter right here. Uh, so I'm in, I'm in Florida, as everybody knows, and uh, it's hitting 50 degrees now, you know, waking up 40 something. So this is like middle of winter. Like you would think it is, you would think there's like a foot of snow out with some of these people. I'm still walking around in like maybe a long sleeve shirt. That's about it uh, for part of the day. And then that's about it. But it still feels close enough that it's winter. I hear all the reports of snow going, all the winter advisories. And it was time for me to finally make the Jaeger tea. So nice. after a two year hiatus, I uh, dug out the old recipe and we put, we'll post it in the show notes. Uh, what's in the show notes is the, um, the Switzerland tourist info. They actually have this recipe and cause it's like their, um, uh, Swiss tourist, um, I'm sorry, not Swiss, Austrian tourist, uh, drink. It's their Austrian drink. Um, but I tell you what, it's freaking fantastic. Everybody has their own different recipes. I of course remodified this to what I like. And I think my recipe is pretty dope. I use uh, white wine instead of red wine. I do stuff where I put a little more tea in there because there's actual tea in the Jaeger tea. Uh, I like to use a little bit of chamomile and a little bit of uh, orange tea, just to give it a little extra orange pop. Uh, and then I strain mine. So after I boil everything, I cook everything, I, I do a little straining. It's nice and clean. Boil it? Is that before you put the alcohol in? Uh, I don't boil it. I, I keep it at. So I have this uh, induction cooker that actually I could set the actual temperature to boil, you know, to heat something up. So I keep it, it has to be under 140 degrees. Otherwise you're going to boil off the alcohol. So I keep it about 120 degrees for about, you know, the recipe says, uh, get it up to a, a mild boil for like five minutes. I'm like, screw that. Don't get it above 120 degrees, maybe 130 tops for about an hour. Wow. Just slowly roasting that thing, just churning it away. And it is delicious. And then you put it in the fridge once it cools down. Then when you're ready to have a, a mug, you just take a mug out, 50 seconds in the microwave. Perfect. Very Perfect. nice. Mm. So, yeah, we're going to post the link to the recipe in the show notes. So if you want to make your own. It's delicious. You this is what you drink. Happen. What you drink from coming out of the cold. You just curl up with a cup of this and, mm, and it's night, night time. It's all good. <laughs> How about you, Brian? I am back to the beer. You know, I've been, a, I was sick the last week and a half and it was, I was having my Gluvine last week, which was awesome, but feeling better. My sinuses are clearing up. I can actually taste and smell things again. And I didn't nice. want to waste one of these great beers when my sinuses were all jammed up and nasty. So this is one from our friend, Matt, who, when uh, we saw him up in Boston, he, he hooked us up with some beers. So thank you very much again, Matt. Um, this is the Curiosity 54 from Treehouse. And this is nice. a American double IPA. And it's a, you know, everything Treehouse makes is pretty much amazing. This is a super smooth, really nice hoppy 
double IPA. You open the can and it smells like when you go to a really good craft brewery, that smell you get where it just, just hops, hops, hops. And nice. it's as hoppy as it is, it, as it smells, it doesn't taste as strong. It's very, very fruity tasting and very smooth. Uh, really, really nice beer. Nice. They make some good beers up there at Treehouse. I don't know what they're doing. Everything, they're doing everything they do there is amazing. Yeah. Never had a bad beer from them. Cool. If they want to send us some more to try and talk about on the podcast, feel free. Skibonpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. All right. Or Brian at skibonpodcast.com or Mario at skibonpodcast.com or contact at skibonpodcast.com. I mean, really, it's, it's pretty hard not to get in touch with us these days. That's right. Skibonpodcast.com. You'll find us. We got a couple stories here while we're still in the Apparate Today world. And this is from the fine folks at Christie's Auction House. They are having a auction for a collection of pre-prohibition whiskeys. Nice. Now, unfortunately, this is going to be happening tomorrow. We're recording this on the 6th and the auction is on the 7th. So this will probably be out the same time the auction is taking place. So hopefully you're already there and you're in line and you know this is happening because this is a rare collection of of whiskeys that will be available. But could you imagine like these have to be whiskeys from the 20s? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I wonder how much like how how they're going to taste. You know, are they going to still taste as good? Were they properly stored? You know, how well, I saw something that um, there was pre-prohibition whiskeys and it was different articles similar to this. I think they were talking about the same auction and they were saying how some of the pre-prohib whiskeys were from somebody out in California that had a vault, like a bank style vault because they used to be a banker and supposedly got buried. I don't know if it got buried in an earthquake or something like that, but they found it and they opened it up and they found all these like pre-prohibition whiskeys that they decided to now put auction yeah it's funny i found another article and the picture of it it's pretty funny it looks almost like if you were looking at a store in the show deadwood you know the shelves with all the old bottles up there yeah very cool but the the, the total auction is going to be over 800 lots uh crossing the auction block friday which are divided by daytime wine sale and an evening madeira and spirit sale Mm. there's a lot of uh fancy fancy things being sold but this this stuff seems to be the most interesting i mean some of these are from 1914 old crow from 1912 biltmore rye that was made for the biltmore hotel in los angeles so so they're saying jean-baptiste leonis um early 20, 20th century builder, banker, and wine and liquor merchant, founded the town of Vernon, California. Um, he actually, when he spotted Prohibition on the horizon, he took all this whiskey, put it in a vault, and locked it away. <laughs> so, um, saying he actually, this is like a freaking interesting story in itself. Um, they're saying he commissioned the construction of secret vaults 
um, lurking behind trick bookcases and secured by heavy metal doors and combination locks. Um, he was able to put his stockpile like buried away and it remained virtually untouched until 2017 until he died uh, until his grandson died. That's so awesome. That is pretty freaking wild, right? <laughs> so dude built like, and it wasn't just a big vault. It was like a vault with trick doors and all that shit. Wow. I mean, talk about dedication to booze. You know, having like, trick doors and, you know. And his grandson kept it too. Like his grandson died. Now the great grandchildren are like, yeah, let's sell the shit. And no appreciation. They're like, screw it. We'll take a few bottles and then sell everything else. They're probably puritanical non-drinkers. <laughs> you know, those Teslas aren't going to buy themselves. That's right. That's yeah. pretty funny. Though. I want to I dig into that. Yeah, I know, right? I want to see like a layout and pictures of like that vault. That must have been pretty cool. And again, they can clear it out, make a speakeasy, put it right in there. Perfect right? place for it, right? Yeah. Well, speaking of old expensive booze. So one of a kind bottle of whiskey sells for $1.5 million. So uh, a whiskey bottle has broken the record, the world record. Set a new world record, which is probably not going to last long because this is just going to keep happening because old bottles of whiskey are not getting any younger. Um, so this is the first to sell for $1.5 million U.S. Um, a bottle of Scotch whiskey at Christie's again in London uh, sold. And this was on, he said this morning, which was on... Huh. November 29th, so just after Thanksgiving, uh, that bad boy sold at Christie's, and it's um, it's the Macallan 1926. So it's a 60-year-old, uh, unlike other 40-year-old bottles in 1926. Uh, it took it to the new level, level because the cask bottles came from cask 263, which was an ex sherry, um, <coughs> which has become one of the most collectible type of malts ever produced. So they're saying the bottles were worked on by artists and they were painted up. And they're saying 12 bottles resulting in 24 featuring specialty design labels. And a lot of them went on sale. Uh, some were reaching over $1 million a bottle, but, uh, if you're aware that only one bottle from the 1926 cast was hand painted by Irish artist, Michael Dillon, famous for his historical decorations. So that's the one bottle that sold for that much money. Isn't that cool? So it's like a, a bottle that was painted by an artist with some amazing artistry in the bottle. What's so cool is you look at this bottle and again, I don't know how on or off the coloring is but the whiskey looks so dark <laughs> you know if this what? bottle is is accurate or if, i mean i don't think the artist who painted it painted over the like i don't think it's like a black paint no. on the bottle i think it's just that the whiskey has got so dark from being in the barrel for so long yeah and there's a lot of space between the uh in the neck right yeah 
almost looks like it was cracked open and then solved. <laughs> Someone, yeah, had a little, a little sipsky there. We have to check it for authenticity. It's a tough job. Exactly. 60-year-old scotch. Damn. That is so awesome. So if any of you guys pick this up and you want to have some drinking buddies come and enjoy it, who will pre- truly appreciate it, hit us up. 60-year-old, can you imagine what that tastes like? That must taste like yeah. just water from the Syrup. Gods. Whiskey yeah. syrup. Yeah. Mm, it's deliciousness. Yeah. I'd like yeah. to try that. So if anybody has a bottle, come on, bring it this way. If you just saw it listening to the podcast, big fan. There you go. Personal. And then now we have one more interesting and a little concerning story. You know, we talked about how we were up in Boston and, you know, we talked about our time up there and how much fun we had and how we went to Trillium Brewing, which is a fantastic brewery, great beers. But there have been some, I don't know if scandalous is the correct word, accusations against Trillium recently. And... Well, it was a dope place. Like that place you went to, that brewery was great, right? Mm-hmm. Although if you said, oh, it's a brewery, I'm just going to walk up and go eat. No, you're going to wait online because it's like packed. Because it's one of those places, yeah. A lot of people want to get in there. But it was worth it. Yeah. And, you know, how this all started was there was an article that came out on November 21st. And it was by someone who claimed to be a former employee at Trillium who wrote a lengthy post on the beer forum, beer advocate, which was deleted and then reposted on Reddit then restored on beer advocate, accusing the brewery in all manners of shady and even illegal actions, such as paying its workers poorly and lying to customers. The brewery's founders have since responded to some of those accusations so, you know, this is a little bit concerning always. Um, what they're saying is that Trillium pays its workers like crap. And they said they downgraded retail workers from $8 an hour to $5 an hour when it opened its new location. Wow. Which is kind of crazy. But are they getting free beer? Uh, I don't know. We'll work for beer. You know, that's, that's kind of the thing. Yeah. And then Trillium responded saying that we pay our team in accordance with typical standards in the craft beer industry and with state and federal wage and hour laws. But in what country are they basing that? That's true. They (laughs) never said that. Is that Mexican labor laws they're basing it on? Yeah. Modelo Extra? Are they making the same wage as the Modelo? That brewery is only open a month. The one that we went to. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So people weren't bitter yet. They were just getting in there. So another thing they were accused of said that the brewers dumped tequila in a batch of beer. The former employee alleges that Trillium Brewers dumped tequila into a batch of beer called Manchon that the brewer was selling in frozen slushy form. It's tap room. The post huh. says staff was supposed to lie and tell customers it was a tequila barrel aged beer and make up details to support the claim. Wow. Trillium's owners did not address that claim in their response. Huh. You know that the practice of pouring liquor into beer is actually illegal. A cocktail oh, wow. bar could mix liquor and beer in a cocktail, but a commercial brewery cannot add straight liquor to its beers under federal law. Wow. I've heard of the breweries who have had trouble with the alcohol and tobacco tax and trade bureau 
over labeling their cocktail-inspired beers for this reason. Yikes. Trillium knowingly sold customers subpar beer. The final accusation made in the Beer Advocate post is that Trillium knowingly sold customers via growlers and draft beer, less than top quality beer. Trillium growlers are almost exclusively filled with beer from trub kegs. For those that don't know, trub is the hop yeast particulate that settles on the bottom of the fermenter. All the, quote, good beer goes into cans and taproom kegs. The last few kegs of each batch are full of trub and those get allocated to growlers. Wow. That's not good. Going on, Trillium. So Trillium said, since we don't filter our beers, it's normal to have some kegs at the end of a packaging run with a small amount of trub from the bottom of the tank. We give these time to allow the kegs to settle and pour out the trub until the beer is pouring properly. Our lab, QC team, and retail teams monitor to ensure that the quality meets the standards of the rest of the main batch and it doesn't get dumped. It would be wasteful to throw out good beer. Wow. Yeah. So this is a little concerning to hear about a, a great brewery like Trillium, but, you know, crazy things happen all in every industry. You know, it's... Uh, you never know where these claims are coming from, if they are based in truth or if it's someone who's just got a, an ax to grind with a former employer. So I'm sure we'll hear more down the road. You can't control the accusations. You can only control how you address the accusations. So I don't know the fact that they haven't addressed all the accusations is if that's what concerns me more. Yeah. There's always going to be people talking shit, you know? Definitely. So. I'm sure we'll hear more about that in the future. All right. So with that, I think it's time to chill out and take a little ride. Let's get into the Genjula. Yeah. All right, Mario, you want to kick this one off? So this is a combination of a bunch of stories because there's a lot going on in the area of legalization of of marijuana for recreational or uh, medical use. Um, let's start first with Michigan. There's seven things you got to know last minute because this is going live. As today's Thursday, it went live today, Thursday, December 6th. Um, it went live today and they just want to make sure everybody knows only way you can get it. Uh, marijuana now is if someone gives it to you as a gift, they're not allowed to sell it. Uh, they're saying don't give away the medical card because it could save you money on sales tax. Uh, right now they're saying they're not taxing it. That's actually the same in some other States. You can only smoke inside your house, not on the front porch, but in the back porch, it's fine. According to some people, uh, you can drive with weed in your car, 2.5 ounces, but it's illegal to smoke and drive. So just remember that kind of, kind of the same as drinking and driving. Uh, just why would you want to, um, you have to be 21 years or older to smoke marijuana uh, and you can't smoke in public places and you can grow up to 12 plants inside your home. So that is a lot. That is a lot of plants. Holy crap. They're saying anything over 2.5 ounces inside your house needs to be locked up. So I guess you got to put in a safe or some kind of locking, maybe lock it in a room or something. But so you can have more than 2.5 ounces, but 12 plants is a lot. Oh, they're saying maximum 10 ounces in your house. So anything over that has to be locked up and stored away. And then remember, finally, 
even though it's legal, your employer can still fire you for getting high, depending on their own stupid policies. So that's in Michigan. Now we move on to Utah, right? And Utah approved medical marijuana. So now lawmakers are going through a whole tizzy because they're saying they're going to meet in a special lame duck session to rewrite a medical marijuana law that voters passed this November. And they're saying what they're, what they're doing is they're going to rewrite it so that um, it's just crazy. It looks like. Well, it's a bunch of crap because people voted for a particular, there was, there was several versions of it on the ballot. And this is the particular one that the majority of people wanted to pass. And now these, these asshole politicians are like, well, yeah, you people voted for that, but it's not what we want. So we're going to change it. Right. So they're saying a coalition of Republican lawmakers joined by doctors, some pro-cannabis activists, activists and leaders of the Mormon church announced regardless of whether the measure was passed. So here's the, that's the problem I have a problem with is the measure was passed based on what people voted on. So the way way it was written for the vote is the way it should be instituted in legislation. And they're saying regardless of whether the measure passed, they would draft another version of the law shortly after the election, which is just total bullshit. And they said that version would address concerns about public safety. And the unspoken part of that is concerns about public safety that they believe, not the voters, what voted for. Mm -hmm. So it's just bullshit. So again, it's an overreach of power by politicians, which happens again and again and again. So it's that whole bullshit where you can vote it in. We're still going to do whatever we want. I mean, come on. I think they should just can they they can impeach all these people, right? Can't they just kick them out of office? If, if they were part of drafting a law that circumvents the way the law was voted in, I think they should be kicked out of office. However, that has to happen. I wonder if they use that like incense thing at Mormon churches like they do at Catholic churches. They should just fill that thing with weed and just get everyone barbecued at these friggin' Mormon churches. <laughs> I, think, I think if they change the law after it was passed, they should move to, to kick all of them out of office immediately. Yeah, how is that not some sort of violation of of, of violation the of power? Exactly. Yeah. What if that was? What if that was also how they did, you know voted on the elections? Like if you voted for a particular senator and they won, and you had the uh, the incumbent one who lost, be like, well, I'm going to change the laws. It says I get to be in office for another six more years. That's exactly it. Exactly. It's the same thing. It's the same concept. It's abuse of power is what it is. Yep. Bullshit, man. Put it in as it was voted. And then after you put it in, see, the problem I have is it wasn't even put in. So you can't even vote to change it. And they're not even talking about letting it go to vote. They're saying, we're just going to change it after the vote before we even put it in. It's fucked up. Really fucked up. Freaking Utah, man. They're like like that weird friend of yours who's like socially awkward and uncomfortable to be around. But like every like once in a while, they come through and are awesome. And like, but nah, then like they, then, then they like not with, you're like, not with weed and alcohol, those 4% drinking bunch of bitches. And it's funny, everybody talked to from, from Utah and, you know, we, we've met a lot of people. They're like, you know, there's ways around it and all this other stuff. It's not the real, 
you know, 4% isn't the real thing. It's there's actually real beer. They're trying to promote a lot of breweries and they're doing a good job. The problem is the laws that are written are still just ass backwards. And and you have lawmakers that are doing this bullshit and somebody's got to stand up to them. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, I mean, Utah has some of the most epic mountains, some of the best snow. Like there's so many great things about Utah. And then it's just all these stupid laws they have regarding alcohol and marijuana. It's like, are you serious? Like, what is wrong with you people? It's funny. Like, you know, I, I totally agree with you. Like there's so much that's good in Utah, which keeps people going to Utah, despite all the ridiculous shit they put in the way of people wanting to go to Utah. It's like <laughs> Alabama with mountains. Yeah. It's like, so, so you're doing everything you can to promote people saying, I don't want to go there because these laws you have there are just whack. Yet people are still going there. So you really have a, a, you have a, uh, a really good tourist hotspot if you really want it to be. Um, just they're, they're not going the right direction with it. That's uh-huh. another priority, apparently. Yeah. Apparently it's well. just to save the seven children every family has there. Oh, it's crazy. Keep them away from that devil weed. Religion and politics running rampant and running out of control. Yeah. So, you know, they, they didn't do a good job with the outdoor retail show. So I don't know. I mean, if it's a sign of things that they've been doing wrong, it's in all aspects of trying to promote their, their state their I think they're just going about it wrong. You're better than that. Utah, you know, it, we know it. And we you keep know, hoping, keep hoping, right? Yeah. We're trying to do our part. Help you guys out. That's right. But it's on you now. Keep my pocket. Keep my podcast. <laughs> exactly. All right. So let's talk about Massachusetts. Boom. That's close to you. Boom. Our buddy, uh, Matt's up there. He's hanging out in Boston, Beantown. I'm sure it's affecting him on a daily basis. A bunch of other people we know driving through there, going to ski houses, going, hanging out. This is the time of year that it's going to be really big for skiers and snowboarders in the North Northeast. Right. Especially oh, yeah. since the, path up to Vermont often leads through Massachusetts. So for the second week of recreational marijuana sales in Massachusetts, um, they basically are saying they're doing crazy amounts of business. Uh, they're saying about sales topping off at almost half a million dollars, uh, in the week, uh, busiest day during the one day, wasn't it? That was that was one day. That was uh, Black that was Friday. That was Black Friday. Holy Black crap. Friday, they sold almost half a million dollars. Half a million dollars. Yeah. Jeez. So they're saying overall about 65 plus thousand units of marijuana products were sold during the second week with customers buying an average of 29, uh, 2.9 units per transaction. So I guess units, they're probably saying like, you know, like a joint or a, you know, a bag of weed, little, you know, so that that's 2.9, almost three units per person uh, at an average of almost $40 per unit. So that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I guess so people are based on that math. That's people are spending almost 120 bucks per customer. Right. Yeah. Uh, $39 per unit. 
That's crazy, man. Yeah. Well, it's so the thing. So those are some the first two weeks, it's stats. been $4.8 million in sales in two weeks. Dang. Two stores. That is unbelievable. We were joking nuts. about going up there on Black Friday, but I was like, dude, the lines would just be bananas. You thought it was hard to get beer in Vermont. Try to I get know. in Massachusetts, right? It's the same thing now. Yeah, it's like prepare to be in line for at least an hour. Dude, I had it out with Hedy Topper. I'm not staying on another fucking line. <laughs> well, now I think times have changed and production has increased. And you now Hedy Topper, there's no line. People are getting, like, drinking as much as they want. It's crazy. It's a different Mass world, hysteria. my man. It's a different world. But they're saying these yeah, these weed lines are still, they're not as bad as they were when they started. And Mass keeps saying that they're going to announce the next stores pretty soon, which should really help alleviate things. And, you know, once they get one close to Boston, that's really going to be, that one's going to just be a gold mine. Wow. And again, they keep saying it's going to be in the next couple of weeks, but I'm hoping they do so that the the one on the way up to Vermont will be, have less customers and will make it easier to get in and out. Yeah. Allegedly in theory. So that's how you do it. And they had a problem too, because they were supposed to have it legalized last in uh, January. And it kept getting pushed out and delayed and a bunch of crap from again, politicians who people voted for a particular item and it just got changed and bastardized and massaged and contorted for their, these politicians beliefs and the system they wanted to put in place, not what the people voted for, which drives me crazy. Yeah. I set it up, man. Crazy. All right. So now that they're making a ton of money from that, they're also saying now, what is Massachusetts going to do with all that revenue? So a lot of lawmakers came out and they said, you know, uh, Boston mayor came out and said, you know, he hopes the tax revenue from marijuana in Massachusetts would be worth the human toll. Really, dude? Come on, man. You got gambling. Like some, of these, got- some of these people, like, you do is realize that the most... The human toll, right? Also, too, look at the most popular sports, football, hockey... People yeah. are getting smashed up. They're getting their. You think Tom Brady's going to live past 50? Men of brain damage and shots to the head he's taken? You think, yeah. how long do you think Gronk's going to last? You know, these, they're, they're all, everyone's rocking a, a Pats jersey or a Bruins hat. And, you know, everyone's psyched for the games. And, you know, they never talk about the violence and the head trauma and the CTE and the uh, depression and the pain pills addiction that these athletes go through. But everyone's super psyched to wear the shirt and the jersey and watch the games. That's never talked about. So to have them just go off and be like, well, you know, people are going to die because of marijuana. Are they? What's going to happen? Are they going to watch a movie? Are they going to freaking watch uh, Harold and Kumar's Christmas too many times and have yeah. the uh, the house catch on fire? Is that what's going to happen? Like this is this whole stereotype and of of like pot users that's been going on for a hundred years now. It's just so ridiculous. It's so corny. It's so cliche. It's so outdated. It's so nonsensical. One of the biggest stoners in the country is probably Joe Rogan, who's probably also one of the most badass, productive, amazing, inspirational people in the, in the world. You know, like we have to get past these old narratives and stereotypes. They're so dated and stupid and corny when we have to move on past them. You know what? It seems like it's going to take this generation to die off before it actually happens though. 
it's fine. It's slowly changing. You think it's going to get to that tipping point sooner than it does. And it's just, they're dug in with so much, like so many old cronies and so much money behind them that they're like, no, we just don't want it because we're going to be dicks. And that's, you know what it is. It's, it's easy. It's easy to, it's easy to use that stereotype because everybody knows it. You know, it's but it is, yep. it's, it's so outdated, you know, it's like using like old, like stupid racist, you know, stereotypes too. Like it's, it's all like the same stuff. Like a, it's like reusing an old rubber. It's like, Oh, I've used it for all these years. I'll keep reusing it. It's fucking horrible. Well, you can do that if you need to you know, you put a little bit of WD 40 on there, you know, give a little Lysol spray. Little, make it work. little Lysol, a little lube, soaking a little bleach, right? Actually, you know what? It, it's very similar because I'm sure in like the Great Depression in the 30s, you had to do that. You know, times were right. tough. You couldn't just we throw them out. We only rubber and we passed it around the whole town. You had to make sure you cleaned it out pretty good with a little Lysol. That's right. You know, and that was the oh, time. That's when Reefer Madness came out that same time. So it's almost like that's that's hard yeah. living. Because weed makes you run around like you're on crack. Really? Really, dudes? <laughs> like... Hey, the, the government says it's true, that it must be true, right? Weed's like a, a, according to Reefer Madness, weed's like a mix of between ecstasy and crack. Like, it just makes you get all fucking crazy. And Viagra. And Viagra, too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's a, it's a racial Viagra, right? Because it's racist like a Viagra, yeah. racist thing that they had going on. A bunch mm-hmm. of fucking ghouls. Anyway, so Massachusetts, Massachusetts taxes marijuana sales at a combined 17% rate where the local sales tax is only 3%. So it's pretty messed up. So they're already bashing it and taking a lot of money. I want to know where that freaking money is going to go because you know what? These sons of bitches that are saying, oh, well, you know, we hope it's worth the human toll. All right. I want to know that that money from marijuana isn't going to go to fill your pockets and do your little pork project that you got set up with all your little buddies that are waiting for their hands out. Sons of bitches. Worth the human toll. It's, it's it's so ridiculous. Do you see them trying to ban alcohol anytime? Yeah. I guarantee you, more people are going to die from alcohol-related illnesses, or disease, or drunk driving, or just getting into a fight and falling on their face than anyone's even going to get close to dying from marijuana. Like these people just have no clue. They have a stupid old narrative, and they just cling to it and just. Dig, dig, dig their heels in and keep running with it because new information is too... It, they're not going to spend the time to take in the new information and, and actually change their opinion. They're not going to do it. It's too much effort. Bastards. So they're saying medical marijuana remains tax-free. So they're not fucking with that, which is good because I think people would start suing them for saying, why are you doing this to people that need it as medicine, you bastards? Um, but anyway, they're saying this year... Department of Revenue of Massachusetts is estimating that even though the fiscal year 20 uh, of 2019, which began this past July, um, they're saying they can collect between 44 and 82 million dollars in marijuana tax revenue um, just this year. And that's only recreational because, as I just said, medical is tax free. So that's just tax revenues. That's only, you know, of that 4.8 million in the first two weeks, it's just that 17% of that, right? Yeah. That's and they're that- saying because they're doing such a slow gradual rollout that the state is probably missing about $16 million in revenue because of all the stupid delays that these politicians have put in the way of getting things into, into action that the voters voted in. Mm-hmm. So they just cost you by their inaction and them not being able to fucking get along. They just cost the taxpayers $16 million. 
Congratulations. Ridiculous. Oh, sons it of bitches. It really is. So they're saying, where is all the tax money going to go? Right. And that's still part of the big question, because even though they say it's going to go somewhere, they're going to rewrite some law and they're going to basically put it wherever the fuck they want. It doesn't really matter what anybody voted in. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, according to the what is it, Center for uh, Cannabis Control Commission, uh, they're saying these efforts are going to include public awareness campaigns, uh, public behavioral health, including evidence based substance abuse prevention and treatment as well as local grants for youth education, public safety, and municipal police training and the state's existing prevention and wellness trust fund. So they're saying all that extra revenue will be used for efforts aimed at helping disadvantaged community communities uh, with high rates of arrest and incarceration for marijuana offenses, um, restorative programs, workforce development, it sounds all fucking pie in the sky, but when the rubber meets the road, I want to know how much is going to get put to there. Because I hear the same shit about the, the lottery that goes out. Powerball is a, how many billions of dollars? And supposedly there's a ton of money that's going to all the states. Where Where is that going? Where is that going? Your taxes yeah, it's aren't going It's the politician down. pockets. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. But your taxes aren't going down. Powerball is up beyond, you know, beyond anything. Your property tax didn't go down, did it? Property taxes didn't go down. The roads aren't paved with magical, smooth, snow-melting capabilities. Well, yeah. you're in Jersey, right? There is a 52 cents per gallon tax that got put on last year that was supposed to go for roads. Are your roads better? No, they suck as much as they always have. Yeah. should be the best roads in the fucking nation. Mm-hmm. But it's not because Preach. fat Preach. Krispy Kreme Christy is, is, was eating donuts and sucking somebody's dick or getting jerked off by somebody that was on the payroll for freaking some other fund to say, Hey, you know what? We made a bad loan before and we have this, this shitty project that, you know, is going to cause us to look bad. So let's take that money and put it over there. So everybody went out like lemmings and they voted. Yeah. Well, I want 52 cents to go to the, the roads. And they didn't even know that built into that law, into that amendment was that they could use that money to pay off other loans that they had. Fucking idiots. Womp womp. And they could have had that tunnel built to New York City that they didn't put through because Christie decided to stop that. Dude, I just went through the Florida election. There were like fucking 13 amendments on there and they were all the same bullshit. It was like, oh, we want to give people the right to vote if they've served their time and they didn't have a felon or, or they didn't have a violent felony. And we're also going to roll into there um, allowing judges to have a longer, a longer term rather than retire at 70, go to 75. It was shit like that. I was like, what does one have to do with the other? And that's not criminal itself to put these stupid ass things that are like things that have nothing, nothing to be involved with each other. And then they put them out there, don't explain them and have people vote on them. It's like, it's criminal. It's public deception at its finest. And it should be criminal. It should be persecuted in public. I think they should take people and stone them Take the politicians and stone them. That's what should happen every week. If they survive the stoning, they can last another week. Yeah, it's so gross. Or don't do anything stupid every week. How about that? Trump would probably be stoned every week. I don't know if he'd survive, but, you know, he'd be stoned every time he Twitters. Trump could use a little weed to mellow him out a bit. I think weed would make his presidency magical. I think he he could definitely use chilling out a little bit. It'd be really helpful for him. He would. I think his whole family would be happier. Yeah, right. I think I think all of Earth would be happier. 
the line would fuck him more. His kids would be fine. He wouldn't hate him as much. I don't know. Shit would be better. Obama he's, seems like he's, he's smoking weed. I saw him at the funeral. Oh, he, looks like, he looks like he's chilling now. He's like, I'm smoking weed every day. <laughs> Pretty much. So because Massachusetts has legalized it and New Jersey is on its way to hopefully crossing their crossing our fingers, legalizing it. The folks in between that New York, uh, New York state are looking and trying to put a bill forth to legalize as well. And this goes against the current governor Cuomo's beliefs. Cause he is, he is not for legalization right now he he of course you know because of his his um you know doctoral background he believes it's a gateway drug doctor doctor cuomo who's you know father was a governor who's i'm sure his grandfather was a governor or running freaking yeah i mean cuomo come on i'm sure it's a mafia connection somewhere down the road but yeah oh no and his, <laughs> oh, his son and daughter didn't use any campaign funds for their wedding that was another scandal that came out it's all they, they're professional politicians yeah you think anything's gonna change no nothing yeah he, he never earned his a doctorate he never you know did any intensive studies he didn't build anything he didn't create anything he wasn't an artist he's just a politician so he believes the gateway drug which why do we why do we believe what people believe in so much you know, all these people, I believe this. I believe that. How about some scientific evidence? Like, why do we listen to these, like, these cult of personality dummies on what they believe about anything anymore? Like, but why don't we just, like, why can't we just be, be, like, more fact and science-based? Like, do you much better off as a society we'd be? Yeah, but it's the ignorance of, like, everybody just labels it. They want to put a label on everything so quickly. Oh, that's marijuana. Oh, that's this. That's that. Oh, that's a gateway drug. Do you even know what they meant by labeling something a fucking gateway drug? No, you don't. It meant it's a gateway drug because you're getting it from a drug deal on a goddamn street that also has crack, cocaine, ecstasy, some other fucking angel dust, whatever, whatever he's got. He's trying to sell you that too. Whereas it's not a gateway drug if you take it out of context of where you're buying it. And people don't, you know, they don't put two and two together. They just label, oh, it's a gateway drug. I can't even talk about it. I can't even, my mind can't even open up to talk about it because gateway drug. That's it. I'm done. Yeah. Again, people, they go for the easy solution. They go for the easy stereotype, the easy recommendation because it's, that's, it doesn't require a thought process. Yeah. So what they're thinking now is that, you know, New York is in a bit of a crisis right now in their subway system. I don't know if you've been on the subway anytime recently. I was on there yesterday because I took a long lunch and got some fancy Christmas stolen in Brooklyn it's but, magical, right? It's like I, the um, the world of the future, where it's all super like high tech and like clean and everything, right? Uh, maybe, but I didn't realize the world of the future have so much pee and rot and <laughs> funk going on. Oh, that's from the tourists coming in. Yeah, it was yeah. fine before you got home, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Some of those train lines, like I was on, I think the A or the C, one of the blue lines. It was just. The, the trains are just so outdated and so gnarly and so gross. But when I started riding the subway, I just assumed like all the trains are similar, right? They just handle them the same and they're all about the same and everything's probably a similar ride every line. And then I started riding. I'm like, holy shit. Some lines are, are worse. Some lines are like upscale. Like it's totally different depending on the line. Some are still the- rocking like the ones from the Warriors days. Like right? the 70s. Yeah. But that, like, you know, and it's funny because now it, the path train is actually so much nicer. 
going to Jersey to New York. Oh, it's yeah. like when the path is nicer than the subway, like that's that's a scary sign. Fall asleep, you get tagged, you know. Yeah, like right. Fucking little Tito right on your fucking side of your head. God so damn it, they got me again. So subway officials are saying that they're gonna need forty billion dollars over the next ten years to modernize the whole system. And wow. They're starting to go, uh, how are we going to get this kind of money? And of course, their first instinct is to raise the price of the toll. Of course. That's the, the, the fair, I mean. But now... managing it well is hard. Raising the toll is easier. It's, I think Gronkowski is running this whole fucking thing, right? Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> He's There's, eating too many Tide Pods. <laughs> but they're saying that, yeah, one of the... Uh, the transportation experts from NYU said, you know, we're going to, we may have to just legalize marijuana just to make the money to help build, you know, to rebuild the subway system, the money they need because they can't find it anywhere else. They're looking at the money that losing to Massachusetts, trying to find out a reason to legalize it. That's probably yeah. what they're doing. Well, they're saying that last year, Colorado made $247 million in taxes and fees. Boom. That's in Colorado. They're Dude, saying that the if we're on the face, New York. That's what they're doing. Colorado. That's right. They're saying that the illegal market in New York it could be as high as three point five billion annually. Wow! Like it's just so ridiculous. Like you know, you you can't even. It's almost like oh yes, we definitely are in a simulation because this is too far too ridiculous to be real. When you look at these numbers, you know, people obviously want to consume this they want this in their bodies and they're going to find a way to do it whether you legalize it or make it illegal because your system is goofy and people should have the sovereignty to do what they want if they're not hurting anybody and we definitely falls into that category so people found a way 3.5 billion dollars annually in new york and now of course you know these greedy taxpayers or greedy uh you know, politicians are like, oh, we can, get, we can make money off of this. Let's see how we can do this. So finally, and you know, in a way it's, it's gross because all they really care about is the tax revenue, even though it is making people healthier and happier. They are now warming up to this idea because it's one of those things like you hit this tipping point where you see, wow, there's 11 states that have legalized it already, you know, and then it's the rest of them just fall like dominoes after that. It's those first couple that are hard. And then those next, the, the ones after that are almost even harder the next like three to five. And then all of a sudden it's just boom, everyone starts legalizing it at that point. It's just crazy how like, you know, just lazy people are. They're like, oh, we could find other ways around it and have this as extra revenue coming in. But it's just like, they're like, no, it's just, I'm finally, I, I finally have come to grips with the morality of it. And I'm okay with just, you know, inviting it in. It's like, what is like, what is even the morality issue? It's a plant. It's a naturally growing plant. It's yeah. more natural than probably 90% of the food you're eating. It's crazy. Like what is like, I, the whole morality thing just drives me crazy because it comes from such a goofy indoctrination brainwashing kind of place, whether it's religion or your parents or reefer madness or what it is. It's all based on bullshit. It's, it's not based bullshit. on actually real, you know, really looking at the evidence of what this is. It's a naturally growing plant that bring, that alleviates pain and brings people joy and introspection. It's joy. <laughs> exactly. Dude, this is the time of year to watch Coming to America. And uh I believe any time of the year is the best time of year to be watching Coming to America. 
in trading places. Coming to America was on uh, two days ago. Trading places I saw on last week. I'm waiting for a marathon of trading places. There you go. Just saying. They're spreading joy. So we'll see what happens in New York, but you know, it's it's gonna happen sooner or later, but it looks like it may be happening sooner than later. Dude, everybody's smoking it anywhere. Everywhere. Did you go like every every you other go. every other block you can smell it? Yeah. Everybody has a little vape thing and just freaking puffing around, just walking around. It's everywhere, man. Just just legalize it because you're not gonna stop it. Nope. So stupid. All right. So in 2018, we could be part of history um, because there's a farm bill that um, I guess let uh, hemp, which is also known as the cannabis plant, which is really not because there is a difference. So there's there's two types of plants, right? One is we call hemp, and that doesn't have any THC, which is the reefer madness, crazy hallucinogen shit bullshit that they say is so ridiculous. Um, and the other one is uh, CBD, which is uh, does not produce its ca- uh, cannabidiol, cannabidiol um, that does not produce a high. So CBD treats anxiety, pain, um, seizures. Like it's been a great deal of science evidence is put out there that it's, it's really helped with that. So also hemp is a crop where we can grow and not have to import so much from other countries because we use it in textiles, uh, clothes, products that, you know, that are just produced in, in industry. Uh, so even if we can't grow, we still wind up importing the hemp, which is the non smokable, highable kind of stuff. And Came, comes from the same plant. So the new farm bill, which expired on November 29th, I guess they're saying the U.S. House of Representatives and the Senate announced that even though they were delayed because I guess they're too busy doing other stuff than doing this stuff, which has a big impact on people, they finally agreed to an agreement in principle. So they're saying one of the things that could be, which I guess is still not... um. They're saying expected. They're saying CBD is expected to be removed from the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency Schedule One list of controlled substance, which is up there with what PCP, cocaine, all those other things, um, down to the Schedule Five list, which is the lowest list, which is at the same level as something like codeine. I still don't think it, even CBD should be there, but whatever, as long as it gets off that schedule one list. But they're saying, um, yeah, uh, there's actually some drugs that the FDA has, has, uh, approved. And I guess that kind of pushed some of this to say, look, you can't have the FDA approving it, um, at a schedule one drug level, because that kind of negates the, the schedule one classification, you know, so there's what's nice about this too with the you know i've the cbd is great for pain relief yeah i know yeah. so many people have used it for achy joints or for Dude, I have cbd gummies that take all the time now great yeah they really are great and one other thing too is you know the hemp plant there's a you know like the hemp um is it the shell or is it the husk i forget what exactly the uh when you buy the plant you can buy it as a you, you can buy it by the 
the grains, the husk, right? I mean, I use that in my smoothies and shakes on oatmeal and cereal. And it's really high in omega-3s and omega-6s. It's really healthy for you. It's got good fat. And I wonder now, because most of the stuff now is imported from Canada, if that's going to drop dramatically in price, because it's usually pretty expensive to get a bag of that. It's usually, you know, if you even at Costco, it's probably 20 bucks to get a, a bigger bag of that. So yeah. that would be great if that came down in price too. Oh, so the whole hemp seed, which is where they take the whole seed and they take out the outer shell which I guess is the husk, just leaves the nut. It's basically a hemp nut. And that's where all the goodness is. Yeah, that's what I, I use that in my shake every day. So yeah. if that comes down in price too because of this, that's another big win. It's great for farmers. It's great for people in, in pain, people who are looking for some healthy alternatives to either nuts or grains. I put the hemp oil in my, uh, my shake. My, uh, oh, the just, oil? Okay. Yeah, I do that in, this, in the... Um, uh, what you would call it, the uh, uh, what's the centrifuged uh, the MCT oil? MCT oil. I do MCT and hemp. Oh, just a little dash of each. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great stuff. It really is great for you. So it's good that again, we're, if we're just getting out from underneath just decades and centuries of stupidity finally Impression. with real information so this is great to see george orwell 1984 yep. pretty much all right that wraps up quite a long journey in the gondola <laughs> with that it's time to go let's go to ski news First off, it's not exactly skiing, but it is relatively close. It's in the, the same realm. This weekend, Yokohama, Japan, ice cross downhill, also known as crashed ice, is going to be happening December 7th and 8th. It'll be our pal, Cameron Nas, going, up, going up against the world, going against Scott Croxel and the rest of the field of crashed icers and cam's going to try to get back to his championship status that he was at a couple years ago. Uh, best of luck to him and uh, hope it's a great event for all of the competitors out there in Yokohama. It should be a great time. And you know, once you're out there, you're already in Japan, you might as well go and uh, hit up Hokitato or, or one of the, the great, you know, skiing events up there. Japan. Little Japan in there. Yeah. I tell you, you know what? Fucking, I love crashed ice. And every time I see it, I think I realized the other day, I was looking at a picture. I was showing somebody about the event again and talking about, about Cameron. And um, it reminds me of, remember Rollerball? I fucking love that, yeah. that movie. And it reminds me of like a little bit of Rollerball, like where eventually it's going to be country versus country. We're going to like take over cities by having like crashed ice. It's going to be great. So that's why I think this is the future. This is how wars are going to be fought, man. Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> but um, maybe so, not to that level. Just saying. Though. So our boy Cam actually he he clocked in with the fastest uh, the fastest time in the um, the trials here. So nice. he's looking to be in pretty good shape. They said there's there's concerns for the ice condition due to unseasonably warm weather in the recent days. So. Uh, the team has been messing with it and trying to avoid the daytime heat 
So the Yokohama race will be broadcast live on Red Bull TV starting at 7 p.m. local time, which is 10 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time in Yokohama on December 8th. So how do we do that, Matt? Saturday. So if it's I 10 a.m. TV on my um my Apple TV. So December 8th is Saturday, right? So 7 p.m. local time. Which, which is, is 10 a.m. Greenwich mean time, which doesn't that mean it's like 5 a.m. East you, Coast time? Threw me off, man. I think we gotta stay up all night. What we gotta do is is there a UFC fight Saturday night? Because it ends around three. Just stay up a little bit longer and watch Red Bull TV. No, I think it's five in the morning Saturday. Oh, not Sunday. Damn it. That was a good plan, though. I was going somewhere with that. Uh, five in the morning Saturday. Just going to have to buckle it up and, and wake up early, man. I guess, yeah. Or what's the replay? I'm, I'm sure Red Bull TV is going to put on replay. They always yeah. do all their, all their stuff. Um, I think it's a great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it. I'm going to try to wake up early. I mean, or stay up Friday all night. Yeah. So, Cameron, best of luck to you. And have a great event, and we'll look forward to checking it out in a couple of days. Yeah, good luck, man. All right, next up we got Lindsay Vaughn announced that she is delaying her retirement because she missed Lake Louise this year, so she wants to race at Lake Louise next year. So uh, she's putting uh, her retirement back by eight months uh, following the training crash in the end. Injury that kept her from competing at one of her favorite venues this week. So um, I think it's great. She likes Lake Louise. It's a, a tribute to say that she she loves competing there, and uh, I think it's pretty cool. I guess uh, it held such a special place for her that she wants to finish her career, uh, making sure she races there one last time. So I kind of like it. Yeah, she is four wins shy of the World Cup career record, and she has experienced the most success at Lake Louise, winning 18 times in 44 World Cup starts. That's pretty awesome. That is awesome. And, you know, I got to imagine her knee is so cut up already. Why not just keep pushing it one more? Right? (sighs) Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a a time. I'm sure she was like already thinking about like next summer, just be able to chill out and hang out in the boat, have some margaritas. Now she's going to have to to reevaluate, figure out a new plan. I am just thinking, you know, and this is for, for all athletes, you got to start thinking about like, you know, your after career. Uh, there's a lot of scar tissue, arthritis. Like there's a lot of shit you got to deal with after just from injuries and, you know, injuries like that. It's, uh, it's I wonder be, if uh, CBD could help her. Probably can. Yeah. Uh, CBD. And I think you have to, like, I don't think you can just stop working out. Like you still have to do your stretching and working out because that, that, that's, that's going to keep it going. I think you know? these comments are brutal here on this article. Uh-oh. Are they? Look at them. No breaking, breaking news. Lindsay Vaughn changes her mind again. Breaking news. Lindsay Vaughn injures her knee again. Breaking news. Lindsay Vaughn will never win another race again. Yet oh. won't relinquish her spot because she thinks she can win another world cup race. Damn. Everyone has an expiration date. Lindsay Vaughn is way past hers. You know, when I heard she was coming, she was going to retire, then not retire. I was like, I don't, I hope she doesn't get like Brett Favre and is like, do the cry. At least she doesn't do the, you know, crying, you know, uh, press event and uh, come out of retirement and, you know, leaving retirement, you know, going into retirement, coming out of retirement. It's just an announcement. So. Yeah, and then another commenter said, "Likely because she's embarrassed that a snowboarder beat her in her last ski race." 
Oh, uh, damn. Cold blooded. Cold blooded. There's some haterade on that snow brain site. Damn. That's a little. I think I heard the. Uh, I heard Doug Life when you were saying that shit. Yeah, right. There's some fat, angry people bitching in these comments. That's right. They're probably sitting on their goddamn couch, never moving a muscle, saying yeah. these comments. Yeah. Because they're a bunch of troll ass bitches. Yeah. Just saying. Not so cool, think. man. Not cool. Not cool. Now, here's a cool story that was on Outdoor Research's website. What is it like growing up in a ski hut? What? You know, we've always thought about it. Just going, just yurt life. Yurting it up, man. That's full on yurt. Yurting it up. Yeah. So this folks, Mark and Sarah Yancey, they own and operate the iconic Boulder Hut in British Columbia's Purcell Mountains with their two children, Aiden and Grace, they live in Sandpoint, Idaho during the summers, but when the snow flies each year, they move up to the Purcells to host skiers at their off-grid backcountry lodge. Aiden and Grace are homeschooled, and their daily life is a mix of homework, chores, and socializing with guests, and a lot of skiing. All winter long, Aiden and Grace never have to go home from skiing because they are home. And then it kind of goes into an article and they, they talk to the kids about, you know, what it's like, you know, what, you know, what do they do? Um, and they talk about like when the first time they skied and they're like, I had skis on before I was born. Like practically like I was, you know, my parents were skiing when I was little, my mom was skiing. I was probably one or two. I don't even remember it because they were so young. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting life. I mean, I, it's, you know, I always think about now that, you know, my little guy's like a little over one now, I'm like, how do we, how do we find a way to maximize our skiing, but also our being able to be together and hanging out as a family. And, you know, you always think about these kind of things. Like, could we somehow live in a, a yurt somewhere or, you know, get a van and travel around and, you know, homeschool them. Like, I, I don't know. It's, well, even not yurting it up, let's see, just move to a ski town, right? Could you just pick up, like, I, I know there's been on, on some of the war mills, I, I rewatched, uh, what the hell was it? It was Cold Fusion, I think it was. And they were talking, it, it's one of my favorites that I always watch over and over, War Miller. And uh, I forgot, I forgot who it was, but he's talking about how he just decided to pick up, move to ski town, had kids, and he's raising them on the mountain doing who knows what for work, probably guiding and, and some other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty badass. Like it takes cojones to just pick up and move like that. I mean, would you ever think about that? Yeah. I would love to do that. I really so, would. Maybe not yurt it up or maybe yurt it up. I don't know. Maybe do it for a while. I, my wife is not the most hardcore lady. That's for sure. And no. she's, she's a little too fancy for that. Some kind of those yurts are pretty high class. I like those. That's what I keep telling her. Yurt's different than a tent. Everybody's like, oh, it's very, no, it's not very totally different. different. Yeah. yeah. Yurt's a luxury. Genghis Khan was in a yurt. I'm sure he did. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I think about it all the time. Like if something ever happened with my, my job or if I actually just start, you know, having the balls to fulfill my true destiny and what I want to do, I would, uh, I would definitely, you know, move to that, that town and just live live the life i feel like i was meant to live you live off the land just go hunt and fish and 
beat shit off the land and just freaking skate. You know, if, if I gotta, yeah, like these guys, they run this, this, um, this backcountry yurt, which is pretty awesome. You know, like, I mean, I can cook, you know, I'm a pretty good cook. If I could find a way to, you know, have a little, a little restaurant or a little shop or something just to, uh, just to be able to make the ends meet. You know, I, I almost feel like that would be enough. That's all I would really need nice. to, to be happy. I don't need fancy shit. I don't need name brand nonsense, shoes and bags and crap. I just want to be out there, be able to ski and enjoy nature and hang out with my family and, and have a couple of nice beers. Is I guess too much to ask. Yeah. I guess while, you know, it's a whole premise of like, while you're chasing that, that dream, you're like, Oh, I need this. I need to be better. I need a better car. I need a better house. I need better this, better that, better that. And at some point you get to the point in your life where you're like, how much do I really need? I need to be able to have the fun and live the life that I need. Provide for your family. That's a big one, right? And sustain yourself to retirement. Well, everybody says retirement, but basically sustain yourself till you die, right? Like how much do you need then? Like that's a different calculation than you have at a younger age than as you get older. And as you start appreciating things more, you start looking at like quality versus, you know, quality versus quantity. Um, precious moments you'll never get back. Um, years of your life that are you're wasting away sitting in an office versus being on a mountain. Um, and passing today, that today, to the kids, I, right? today I blew off work for an hour and a half to go watch my son at Chimbury. You know yeah. It brought me it brought me so much more joy to do that than anything I will ever do at my job. Dude, what do you do at Jimbury? That's gotta be the funnest shit to watch him. He was stuff. he was like climbing up the the little steps. He was you know sliding down a slide. He was running around like chasing after a ball. Like he was having the time of his life. Aw, that's cool. Yeah, way See, way more fun. They did a parachute. Did all kinds of stuff. It was great. He did a parachute where they like um, wave it up and down like uh yeah they go underneath it and they you know oh, that's fun. I used to it was love great. That. Yeah. Best times of my life. I was at the height of my life doing the parachute, bro. I know. Fucking Things are simple. Things great. I was like, I was a paratrooper at that point. <laughs> well, think about it. These kids are playing and they're enjoying life. Like, why can't as adults, we just play for our life? You know, why can't that be our job is playing? Dude, uh, highfalutin, ski bum, adult daycare. That's all I'm thinking. <laughs> you got to be 18 or up because there's going to be some porn involved, but there's going to be some What's with you shit? and one have porn to other people? Like porn is a private thing. No, no, no. I want porn just to uh, like get rid of the, uh, the, the people the, that the, are you stuck will, up. You will not be branding it highfalutin ski bum then because I am, I'm not on board for that. Oh, I don't want porn involved in anything. No, there's going to be porn around just so like to dissuade people that are like opposed to anything that, you know, they're sensitive to. I don't just think, like alcohol. I don't you think have alcohol around too. I don't, we'll, we'll work on the details behind the scenes, but yeah. <laughs> But adult daycare, so you can there do you like go. freaking the parachute. Why not? You can have some adult coloring books, scooter races, dodgeball. You know, yeah. the normal fun stuff. Yeah, he's gonna get into what, what age you start doing dodgeball? Because that's a rough age. I already start wigging the ball at him now because <laughs> I want him to to develop those skills. You doing dodgeball with him is just dad throwing a ball at him. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how you got to start him though. That's it. You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. That's right. Dodge, duck, dodge. Dodge, duck, dive, dodge. That's what it was. 
I think so. All right. So yeah, life in a life in a ski hut. I like it. Um, all right. Next up we got Jackson Hall ranked number one ski resort in North America again. So nice. You know, um, this, I, I can't argue with it. I love the, the picture they have in this article about with Corbett's uh, cabin. Vessel waffles, vessel place. You're out in the morning, up in the little cabin, getting your little plan together. Um, so they're saying for the eighth year running, um, number one ski resort in North America by Forbes again. So that's pretty impressive. Now, does it actually have the criteria in there? Like what they base it on? No, they're just Forbes. They're like, this is what we like, whatever. Yeah. They do. You know why they like it? Tommy Mo. Tommy Mo definitely helps. It doesn't hurt. It's just such a bummer that you've all, is it like as a, as a ski bum, it's even hard to just be there though, because everything is so freaking expensive. Yeah. I think between the cracks of all the people like paying a lot of money to stay there and you know, everything, the way it's designed, you see the locals, like there's gotta be something between the lines of like, you can do like the ski bomb thing there too. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, you know, you find a way, like, you know, we were talking to some people and went to saying they were doing like house sitting. Yep. You know, like you get some rich dickhead who doesn't ever go there to his house and you, uh, you watch it for him for the winter. He pays you and you you get to ski. And that's just it. Like that guy was saying, and we're talking to locals. They're like, no, this is the second peak season. The real peak season is in the summer because it's so close to Yellowstone. So that's why like Jackson hole, it's probably, if you have a, a rental property, it's worth more in the summer than it is in the winter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're at a dope ass mountain. So it's like, Hey, if you want to hang out in the summer or do something with the summer and just kind of give it to me in the winter on a cheat, just to watch your place for you. I'll, I'll do that. You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. If you can make that happen, that's the way to go. And yeah, you know, if you could find a way to do that as a gig, you know, as a, you know, house sitting someone's house and then maybe you do, you know, freelance design or web development or something, something you could do full-time remote or on a contracting basis. Or if you're a writer, an artist, like think about that. That would be a pretty epic way to, to get by. Yeah. As long as you be there, then it works. Exactly. Just and we got, we got one more story and this kind of, it kind of goes into our main topic. But it's also kind of a, a story. This is from Rome Robotics. And they have created a, I guess you could call it almost like a, a knee brace, but it's like an exoskeleton, kind of a, a combination of the two. They, they call the product the Elevate Robotic Ski XO, which boosts your quad strength, giving you more control, stronger turns, and longer runs while reducing muscle fatigue and joint pressure. Sensors and smart software on the exoskeleton anticipate user intent and automatically adjust torque at the knee via air actuators, effectively mimicking and strengthening the quadricep muscle. The device is a fully adjustable, but always follows the body's lead. So the user is in, is always in control. 
So if you look at this, yeah, it's like a like an exoskeleton knee brace feel. And it's supposed to give your knees a break, taking weight off your joints, uh, improving your ski experience while reducing fatigue. And it's a, a knee support. And they're, the reason why, this has been out for a while, and I think we talked about it a few months ago, but they now actually have demos that you can sign up for, which is cool. So if you go to their website, roamrobotics.com, you can enter your information and, and do a demo with these. It seems pretty sweet. Although the one thing I'm I'm a little leery on is I hate anything that's gonna tip the scale and just make it easier for people that don't want to put the work in. Like if if you have a problem, like a physical problem, these are great because it can actually help somebody that can't normally do this ski, which is great. But if you're just lazy, just a fat fuck that doesn't want to work out or strengthen yourselves. Then they get these and they think they're going to be able to ski and that's not necessarily going to translate. So I don't know. I just, I love it. Well, there's always it, that there's always someone who's going to abuse the purpose of something, but yeah, you know, as someone who's, you know, as getting, as you're getting older, you start to realize that there's your certain, your joints don't work as well as they used to. And your, your body doesn't recover as well as it used to something like this. I mean, I think for older skiers, who this still want to shred and still want to, you know, hit it as hard as they possibly can. This could be just almost like a fountain of youth for skiing. Yeah. I think this is great, especially for people with, you know, this has to be helping people with disabilities in some way, because just the technology, whether it's the same product or they have different products that are built on this product that help people, you know, I, I could see almost someday somebody that's a, um, a paraplegic that can possibly use these, you know, that would be amazing. Yeah, I think this is going to be this is going to be something that's going to evolve over time, and I think it's going to have more practical applications uh, for for those kind of folks who you know who are getting older and who you know again may have some health conditions or deteriorating health, but still want to get out there. So I'm glad they're doing this now. So when I need it in ten to twenty years, it'll all be like perfected, and I can still go out and and shred. Well, this is what we need, though. Like, we need we need products like this to come out to push that envelope, so that they keep developing it, right? Like, if if everybody always talked about it and said, "No, nah, it's too expensive. We can't we can't do it." And there's no there's no application for you know par- paraplegics or uh, people with disabilities or even just older people. You know, there's no sensible app. Like these people are just because people like this are pushing this that's what makes things available to us in the long run. It's, it's, it's great. This is what we need. Yeah. But this is cool. And if you are in the Lake Tahoe area or the park city area, you can go onto their website, roamrobotics.com and you can sign up to do a demo. I'm looking at the site now. It says Squaw, North Tahoe, Truckee, uh, and park city. I think South Lake Tahoe too. Oh, nice. There's like a, a little circle down there too. So those are quote unquote Rome designated spots. So if you're on a day trip and you want to kind of, well, they have a concierge service or you want to stop in, they can, they can accommodate. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So check it out. We'll have a link in the show notes at skibonepodcast.com if you want more info. It's that time of year. And you may be looking for a particular gift for a loved one. Maybe you just love yourself so much. 
You can get yourself a gift. This is something that would be a great or interesting gift for someone in involved in skiing, especially someone who may be older and may need a little bit of assistance to have the, the best time and to be their best selves. So we're going to talk today and kind of give you guys some fun, interesting gift ideas that we have found. Uh, you know, a lot of sites, I know right now, I think my email box is just inundated with every company telling me what I should buy, what's a great idea, what's fun to check out, what I should buy, last minute shopping. And I get it. We're all trying to make that that end of the year push. And you know what? We're going to whore ourselves out a little bit too. We just opened up, as I alluded to earlier in the podcast, a shop function on our new website, skibumpodcast.com. We have a couple of shirts. We've got a cool Yeti thermos. We got a hat. Got some stickers. Got sweatshirts, a hoodie. So, you know... Everyone's trying to sell their stuff. You know, we're doing the same thing. Hopefully you guys would like to check it out or are interested. We got some, you know, we really, I think we did a cool job picking those things out and, you know, making them with, with a great printer that's local and using high quality material uh, that, you know, we posted plenty of pictures of us rocking over the last couple of months, but it's finally up. It's finally available. Definitely dope stuff. Like you should check it out and, uh, that's a great little Christmas uh, Christmas purchase right there. Yeah, if you're a fan or you're uh, you have someone who is a fan that you want to get that for, check it out. You know, we have some some pretty cool stuff. We think it's nice. We think it's fun. So please check it out. But you know, no further ado, we're going to talk about some of the other cool things that we have found online that is kind of in the world of skiing, and that we think you guys might be interested in checking out. So Mario, you want to kick us off? Yeah. So this is one of my favorites. I've talked about this like extensively throughout many podcasts. I swear by these things. I've had them for about, I have the older version for about two, three years now. And I freaking am so glad I jumped in and got them. They're the, um, outdoor tech chips. Um, they're Bluetooth snow helmet speakers that you drop into your, um, ear pads um, and they are fantastic because it sounds like the sound on it, it doesn't get like blasting, but it gives you enough sound that you hear it even while you're skiing, uh, even while stuff is going on. But it sounds like ambient um, music and you can hear everybody talking to you because what happens is it plays the music like in your in your ear pads but it doesn't like, it's not like putting earbuds in that are noise canceling. So you can still hear somebody if they're next to you skiing, say, you know, something to you or, you know, scraping next to you that you don't, you know, so that, you know, like it, it's just, it's safer. It's great. Like I, I've been on mountains with people and it just sounds like they're playing music throughout the resort while I'm having a conversation on the ski lift while I'm, you know, skiing down the mountain. I've actually had conversations with people because uh, it, it hooks up, you know, Bluetooth to your phone. So I've actually had conversations with people while skiing and they're like, I didn't realize you were skiing. I'm like, yeah, I, uh, I, was, I was going down the mountain. So um, very good purchase. They're about, Amazon has them right now for like 119, which is cheap. Um, I got, I think I got mine for like 130. Uh, these are... Now there's the wireless Bluetooth helmet audio ones. Then there's ones 
also, I think, oh, these are the ones now. So I think they got rid of the regular ones that are just Bluetooth and they have the ones with a walkie talkie in it. So you could actually communicate with your friends if they do have them on the mountain. So now you got like a two-way radio plus your chips, plus your phone. It's like, it's amazing. Um, they have a bunch of accessories. So I got these um, like helmet pouches for my, my bike. So I actually, when I wear my bike helmet, I can actually put these pouches in that go on the chin strap and I can put my chips in there. So I can actually use the same chips when I'm biking. They have a headband, they have a hat, uh, all designed to fit the chips in there too. So you can actually use them all the time. Uh, I love them so much. I actually got a pair of wireless headphones uh, from Outdoor Tech and they work just like the chips. I'm like so happy with them. Pretty, pretty freaking awesome. So that is like a great gift for somebody um, that really wants to get away from messing around with, you know, cords and wires. And like, if, if they have music on the on the mountain, it's safer and it's better. So check out the, the link in the show notes and uh, you can get to Outdoor Tech. You can get to uh, Amazon. You can get them delivered. I, I believe they're on Prime. So you can still get them before Christmas. All right. So next up, everybody likes a little reminder of some great ski vacations. Uh, one of the great ski vacations for, I know Brian and, I, and myself was Zermatt. So we went to Zermatt, we went to the Post Hotel. Post Hotel had all this art by Charlie Adam. Now he's like a graphic designer that has some pretty iconic and pretty awesome ski themed, um, just kind of design art. And if you look at it, we have it in the show notes. So I guess his stuff isn't really at a lot of different places. There's only one side. I think it's Bungalow Graphics. And uh, he has some really dope art that is just all definitely ski theme that you would probably, I almost guarantee you that you would love one or two of the things that he has out there. Um, really makes a statement. Really awesome for like you know, an apartment or, or a house, um, a little bit more of a personal gift, but that's a good one. Uh, you could drop anywhere between, I think, uh, 120 to 500 bucks on a piece of art from him. Uh, you know, prints, posters, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That hotel uh, poster Mott one is really cool. That's one of my favorites. I like that one. Yeah. So the interesting thing is when you're in Zermatt and you're at the post hotel, you're walking around, they have all of his art around. And it is for sale there. So I don't know. I never really looked at the price when we were there, but um, I don't know. Pretty dope. And it makes a great statement, especially if you want to put up some ski art up there, you know, in your, in your place. It's really good. Yeah. It's very, very colorful. And, you know, one of his big thing is, is the, um, the goggle tan, like all the folks in his, in his art have these crazy goggle tans, which is really cool. Yeah. It's almost like Austin Powers 70s stylized, right? But it's kind of cool, like it's kind of like it's very very like uh yeah, like classic, almost like 50s look. Yeah. But also still looks kind of modern too. Yeah, it's like what um if you watch the old Bugs Bunnies and they tell you like the world of the future, it's kind of like that, where you're looking at the what it was gonna look like in the future, but also like a beautiful representation of what it what it is today and i tell you what if you've been to anywhere in france or switzerland to 
Ski. He has some themed stuff based on those areas that you'll look at and you're like, oh my God, that's awesome. I actually know what he's going for, what, what that looks like, where, you know, it's the same tram, it's the same, you know, the Matterhorn in some of them. So it's, it's really, really iconic and really cool. Um, I would say check it out. Maybe it's your cup of tea, maybe it's not, but uh, that's a great gift idea. They actually have that Alp Chic one that we saw at the Post Hotel. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, these are see, really cool. You see the uh, Telefreak pop, which is like a gondola in like a, um, uh, what do you call it? Andy Warhol with the, uh, with the different, the different primary color and, and base color. Oh yeah. That's pretty cool. I like, that, I like that Gornagrat train one. There's a few of those left. The Bain de Soleil is great because that's actually a long one. So they give you like a picture of like a little tiny snapshot of it. But if you click on it, you look at the whole thing. It is like a really wide thing. And it's just, if you've ever been at a resort, especially on a nice day, I remember Telluride was like that, where we went to the Gornagrat um, uh, the, the Garancho rat ranch and you sit out there on the Adirondack chairs, it's beautiful, sunny, you're eating, drinking, just hanging out. And that is actually like kind of brings back memories or something like that. Very cool. Did you see the one called home run? Yeah. With the apres bar and everyone hammered crashing <laughs> and all the skis around. Freaking That's, awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. That is so that is exactly what it's like on those, uh, those mountains at the end of the day <laughs> when you have to hit the bars on the mountain and you go afterwards and try to ski down. That's so cool. I love that. They have sweets in. You see that one? That one with the Matterhorn. Yeah. The Matterhorn dessert. The Matterhorn's in the background. The girl's eating a dessert and it looks like she's eating the Matterhorn. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And they have cuckoo clocks, like a lot of cool stuff. I mean, you get everything from like a, a tiny size, you know, a little poster to put up to a giant size thing. Uh, there's it's a lot of women. There's a lot of like um, pro- prominent women theme things. Like there's like uh, ski la France, and there's like the women like standing up skiing and license to chill is like a James Bond kind of thing. It's pretty cool. And then sort of in that same vein, but a little bit different, there's an artist, Steve Ash, and his stuff is available on Etsy. Uh, It's under Steve Ash illustration. And he's got some really, really cool artwork based on it's, it's all done using, um, I think he says it's done through Adobe illustrator, uh, a Photoshop. So it's like traced and then Wacom tablet and done in Photoshop. So it's not, it's like, it's not real. It's realistic, but not, not like photos or anything. It's, and it's of all these different ski resorts where it has, you know, kind of like the iconic gondolas or trams or, you know, the Jackson hole one is awesome. It has the, you know, big red, uh, the Zermatt one is awesome. Big red going by, um, Corbett. Going by Corbett's, yeah. Awesome. They have some, and they've got tons of different resorts. So, you know, they've got the old classic one. Like, there's even like a Killington of the classic gondola, the old school one. 
there's a Gore Mountain one, which is in upstate New York with their old school gondola. My favorite one is the, uh, the Zermatt one with the Gornigrat train, which is the train that goes up the mountain, which is pretty amazing. If the, the, uh, the Mad River Glen, you know, the, the famous single chair. So it's, nice. they're really cool. And what's great about them is that they have different sizes for everything. You know, I mean, he has these designs, uh, mostly, I mean, they're posters, but they also have coffee mugs. They have them as phone cases, t-shirts. Dude, those mugs are great. <laughs> Just, uh, I like collecting mugs from when I go places. So it's kind of nice. Yeah, these are great. So we'll have a link to those as well. They and, have Telluride, but they don't have that Telluride. What was the coon lift that we took up? Oh, that where, ridiculous chair. Oh my God, it was a two-seater with no bar. That was terrifying. That I would well, love to see. Well, coon, Coonskin is the trail right next to it. Yeah. I'm looking at the map. Hang on. What's that lift right next to it? It was because um, you could either take, I think, the gondola or... Um, or that lift and a lift got us up there quicker. So like, let's just jump on the lift, even though it's slower. And we got up quicker, but it was pretty terrifying because oh, you know it was like there's the coonskin lift. I think it's the Oak Street lift. I think you're right. Yeah, the coonskin yeah, is Oak uh, Street. like a triple or a quad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there was the one dude on our trip who we've talked about before who was a bit of a gaseous fella as well. He was like terrified. He was like afraid to even you know on that thing. I was fine busting his chops, but I tell you what, when, when he was scared on that, I was like, that's not a good feeling, man. I felt bad for him. I was like, I just hope it doesn't fall off. It was, it was bad. Not to be um, a dick. I was hoping he was going to fall off. <laughs> it, it was kind of terrifying. I was like, yeah, I could get it. Yeah, I get it. You know? Yeah. It's definitely gnarly. That's for sure. Yeah. But yeah you can get, just kind of scroll through this website. You know, so his store on Etsy. Awesome. It has big red going by corpus. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Grindelwald, Switzerland. There's a train again. Uh, Davos, too, had a train. Oh, did they? Yeah. Revelstoke, nice. Solden. And there's a lot of really, really cool ones on here. They can have Breckenridge and Snowmass. They have the Snowbird, the big tram there. Oh, we got shirts too. Mm-hmm. Nice. There's Whistler, the peak to peak. It's very tram focused. Very tram focused, yeah. Verbier, San Moritz. Yeah, but I wish they had one for Ishkil on that weird, that weird gondola that we were in where they, you bring your skis in and you kind of hook them in up there. Yeah. That was pretty weird shit. The Lake Tahoe one is cool with Heavenly. Did you see that one? Yeah. The Heavenly Tram, which has like the lake in the background. Sweet. Oh, they do have Ishkil. Oh, they have it. Do they? Nice. Yeah. Relax if you can. Engelberg, which was in the, the last Warren Miller film. Kids Fuel's got a funky one too. Yeah, this is really cool. Even just to see the different designs of all the different types of gondolas. They have the Jackson Hole, the classic one, the old school one. That's pretty neat. So one other fun shopping thing that I found, I thought was pretty cool. You know, we've mentioned it in the podcast before, my my semi-obsession with snowcats. What I found is Tucker has their, you know, snow 
sno-cat.com site, but they also have a whole section or a whole division of the company that reproduces and resells the vintage snow cats. All right. And besides that, they also have, you know, gear they sell. So you can get on there and they have, you know, these, uh, these pretty cool hats and shirts and pint glasses, which says like vintage classic cats by Tucker. And I really like these pint glasses. And I think that would really class up my, my bar collection. They have like keychains and bottle openers and, you know, shirts, sweatshirts, hats, everything. But I like the pint glasses. I think those are pretty nifty. Nice. And again, like on the site too, you can also see any sort of older snow cats that are for sale. So they have this really kick-ass 1978 model 1643, which is one of those big yellow, almost SUV looking snow cats with a, uh, it probably seats like 10 people on the back. Wow. Yeah. One day I will own a snow cat. One day. One day, my friend. <laughs> yeah, those ones from the 50s are even cooler. Those roundish ones. Oh, yeah. They're pretty They'll... badass. It's pretty... It looks retro. Like, like the uh, one you see going to... when we left Whistler. There was that red one that's always parked on the side there. Yeah. For, um, I think it's for like a, uh, if it's like a, <coughs> excuse me, like a cat skiing company. That was one of the cool things that I found shopping wise out there as well. Very sweet. Yeah. So some of the things I, um, so I put in the show notes, a link to, there's a ski gondola ornament, um, available from Amazon, but it is pretty cool. Cause it's like a vintage metal gondola ornament. It's not branded in any way. And it just looks cool. Like I would love that on my tree. Um, and that's like a, you know, nice little gift alternative for something that likes skiing. Um, and then there's the one thing I told Brian, since you got like a little one and kids, I think, I think till they get to the like age of 20, they still love Legos. So, uh, there is, I didn't realize Lego has a line called Lego friends and they actually have, we have the link in the show notes. They actually have a whole line of Lego friends stuff. And some of the stuff they have is they have a ski resort lift building kit. So you can actually get that and build like a whole ski resort lift, which is awesome. They have a, an ice, a snow resort ice rink and they have a snow resort chalet. Uh, and then they have a bunch of different um, accessories. So I think that's pretty dope. If I was a kid, I'd love to like play around with that stuff. Yeah, that was really cool stuff. I was already starting to think about ordering that, that even though my son is too young for it, I could just play with it. It's not even like that, like overly priced. I mean, they have some of the, some of the different combinations that are, you know, you're getting up there now, but like for just like the regular resort rink and chalet, that's not bad, right? Yeah. What are they like 30, 40 bucks each? Yeah. Like anywhere from 30, 33, 24, 37. So, and then they have tons of accessories, which is cool. They have like a little ski pod, which is like a little lift thing. Um, they have uh, snowboard trick, like packages, uh, many friend figures with snowboard helmet and ski pants. So it's pretty cool. It's like all over the place. They got these little figurines and little structures. 
Very cool. Yeah, it's a lot of really cool stuff. So, you know, there's always, you can always get people gloves or poles or gift cards, but there's some fun little things too that, you know, if you're looking for some last minute gifts that are available and will bring warmth and joy to every skier, snowboarder on your Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa shopping list. We'll have all the links. You can check it out. Skibumpodcast.com. Also check out our shop there. Boom. Thank you. Under the ropes. First off, this is how much Steve Jobs's autograph is now worth. You know, one thing he rarely did was sign autographs, which is kind of crazy. But they're saying that his autograph is now one of the most expensive in the world, worth nearly $51,000 or 40 iPhone X's. <laughs> uh, this is all according to collectibles dealer, Paul Fraser Collectibles. His autograph has skyrocketed in value since the year 2000, increasing 27.6% per year thanks to his company's iconic status and his early death. Still, that pales in comparison to the astronomical rise in Apple stock over the last 17 years. You know, that's kind of crazy because they come up with that number, I guess, based on other people buying his autograph, right? Yeah. Like, they don't just pull it out of the air and say, well, you know, we believe it's worth whatever. Like, they're basing it probably on people that want to buy it. That's, that's nuts. 51 grand. Yeah, they're saying that Jobs was a... Reluctant- you, you have 10 of them, man, right? Yeah, well, 11, actually. They're saying that Jobs was a reluctant signer and um, that only a handful of genuine Stephen Hawking hand-signed books exist as well, mostly from the 1970s, because they were saying that Hawking is kind of up there in the same realm which is doubled in value in the past year since he died and is now roughly worth $38,000. Damn. They said you're more likely to see a Hawking thumbprint, which is generally far cheaper. So let me ask you something. Um, when people sign autographs, do they think about like, hey, I'm giving you something that you can sell when I die? Like, like think about like an autograph. Like it's nice to have, oh, you know, if they write a personal message, but if they're just signing something like that's like, here, let me give you something that you can make money off when I die. Like it's, I think some people, some people abuse it. You know, like when you, you see people, I've heard, you know, Joe Rogan talk about it on his podcast before where he'll, you know, sometimes people have like multiple things for him to sign. And, mm. and people are like, he's like, no, dude, I signed one thing for you. That's all you're going to get. And he's like, dude, your, your autograph isn't even worth that much anyway. And it's like, well, then why do you want it? You know, like, you seriously, it's kind you of... You don't want it for having it. You want to sell it. Like, that's what you're looking at. I mean, it's kind that's of... A, fucked up. It's kind of a gross, stupid process anyway now, you know? I think it it things, have, things have more, like, morphed into, like, the selfie. That seems to be the more valuable thing these days, which is kind of nice, too, because, I mean, think about, too, if you were to get someone's autograph or say you were, uh, you know famous or wealthy and you gave out someone's autograph and someone was able to manipulate it and, you know, sign off like a bank account or documents or real estate, you know, that, that stuff could happen. You know, if you have that, that autograph that was replicatable, yeah, you, know, you can get yourself into some trouble. 
It's crazy. So I went to a Yankee spring training game. Um, Wade Boggs just got traded to the Yankees and it was a game against the White Sox where uh, Michael Jordan was playing. Right. Oh, nice. It was really cool. I was way back. I came down to Florida, staying with my buddy Ram and his family. And um, it was great. We got tickets to the game. It was like, it was seven bucks a ticket back then. (laughs) Now they charge like the same price they would charge for an MLB game. Um, But we're in the stands and we're watching like, you know, my buddy's yelling at fucking Wade Boggs. And I'm like, dude, you're a Yankee fan. And he's like torturing Wade Boggs. And Wade Boggs looks at him like, what are you saying? Like, uh-huh. it was just funny. We were that close. But anyway, in the stands, there was this guy. And I guess he brought like 10 kids down to the, uh, to the game. But it wasn't like, hey, kids, come on and we're going to enjoy a game. He was giving them memorabilia and having them go out and get signatures. And he was That's telling the them, grossest shit ever. Yeah. He was telling them, I want you to get so and so signature. Can you get this and that and the other thing? And he was nice about it, but I was like, you are fucking like pimping out kids. Like these are like 10 and and younger kids. And I was like, wow, you know, of course the athlete's gonna be like, Oh, kid, you really want my autograph? Here you go. I'm gonna give it to you. You're cool. You know, you're a little kid. And the guy was like paying these kids when they came back with like the ball or, or the signed glove or anything. I was like, that is just fucking horrible, man. I hope you die a horrible death. Cause you're a bad person. I don't know. Yeah, that's I, pretty, that's pretty gross. It seemed ghoulish and gross. I, I don't know. Maybe he was a nice guy. Maybe I was misconstruing it, but it no, was creepy. Gross. Yeah. He probably had a van with no windows in the parking lot. <laughs> fucking creepy bastards. Anyway. So they're saying the most expensive signature for a living person right now is Paul McCartney. Nice. Yeah. He's worth like a fucking ton of money, isn't he? Oh yeah, definitely. And they say comparatively a photo signed by president Donald Trump is worth 830 bucks. Nice. Cause of course they got to get that dig in on Trump. Well, cause they're wondering if it's going to bounce too. Like he had that whole episode like back when he was going bankrupt way back. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, but that, you're right. Any any chance to dig into them? Well, mm. The most valuable signature that's ever been sold was George Washington's signed copy of the U.S. Constitution and Bill of Rights, which sold for a record $9.8 million in 2012. Hmm. Dude, this ain't Paul McCartney's worth $1.2 billion. I can accept that. Damn. And they're saying he's earning $54 million a year. I could, I can accept that. He's a Beatle. Come on. I mean, I know he made some great music. Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I, I hate it. I, I love it, but I'm just like, wow. I just like the money, the numbers are staggering. I'm sure right? Pitbull's actually worth more than him. Dude, like, I'm going to look up Pitbull's net worth. Net. What this is, is Pitbull's net worth? <laughs> this is what I do every once in a while, just to piss you off, don't I? Yep. I brought it up, though. But speaking of like celebrities and autographs, the only jersey I want to get now is a Kirby Puckett autograph jersey. Oh, I love Kirby Puckett. You know who's our buddy Rem is a huge Kirby Puckett fan. Really? I saw a he Yankee. Looks like him, dude. I saw a Yankee Twins doubleheader because Rem loved loved Kirby Puckett. So they were in town, and we're like, "Oh, great! They're, they're playing the Yankees. Let's go see doubleheader." The fucking Twins destroy the Yankees in two games in a row. It was just, I was like, well, you like Kirby Puckett, but I know you like the Yankees more. 
It was funny. I was like, one of my, one of my favorite Chris Rock, you know, lines. Ain't no brothers in Minnesota, just Prince <laughs> and Kirby Puckett. Kirby Puckett. That's right. Dude, um, Pitbull's worth $65 million. I can't accept that. Oh, you're going to accept it. You're going to accept it. Oh, yeah. All full on Dolly, baby. In your culo. <laughs> nope. Culo. Nope. I cannot accept that. Uh, it's crazy. There's a lot of Kirby Puckett jerseys available right now. Dude, Kirby was a man. Yeah, but like, I mean, there's a lot. Like, you go to the twinsstoreofficial.com, which I guess is their regular website. There's like 20 different Kirby Puckett jerseys available. Damn. Actually, Damn. more than that. I put on more one. There was only like one, maybe two. They had a home and an away back then. They didn't have. Well, I guess these... they changed their style so many times in his, during funny. his career. And you can get like every single version, like a batting practice, the authentic Cooperstown one, the light blue one, the pinstripe one. The apparently there's an army one. Damn, they're saying Ringo Starr's signature, his autograph, is worth a lot of money too. Again, he's a beetle. I get that. He's a beetle. They're saying it for living people. Like they're saying Ringo Starr, Prince William, Prince Harry. Prince William, Prince Harry, they sign autographs? I didn't, I thought that would be beneath them. And J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling, I could get. Harry Potter, man. Yeah. Come like George Lucas or Steven Spielberg is in there or John Cusack. Yeah, that's right. Dude, the princes are signing autographs. I think that's pretty fucked up. I didn't know they did that. Yeah. I thought that would be like, you know, punishable by death by the queen or something. Yeah. Very strange. All right, let's move on to another holiday seasonal um, story. So Montville, New Jersey, which I used to live near, which I still have uh, ex-in-laws by. My ex-wife was went to this high school. And um, there is a substitute teacher at that school who they have driven out of town with... Uh, Fire and torches. Um, deservedly and so. Deservedly so. So it was in a high school, uh, I guess an elementary school. So this horrible person told first graders that Santa Claus isn't real. So I probably should have prefaced that with a spoiler if like you're a little kid listening to this, but hopefully you're not because I've said a lot of curse words during this whole podcast. Um so she's not going to return to school. Thank God. Uh, so the superintendent said teacher will no longer work in the district after the incident. Doesn't mean she's going to lose a job. It means she's going to lose a job at the district. So this asshole said, um, well, she, she didn't actually comment. So other people said, you know, the issue is a personnel matter. And officials say the teacher didn't just debunk Santa Claus, but she also said, the Easter Bunny, the Tooth Fairy, and Elf on a Shelf aren't real to first graders. Way to fuck it up for everybody. Well, I mean, the Elf on the Shelf thing, that's understandable. That's the that's other two. A, I care less. Tooth Fairy, I'm kind of on, yeah, I'm on that. No, the Tooth Fairy is rolling in cash money, though. You know, you got to respect that. Yeah, you want them to get rid of those uh, baby teeth. So, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Like, if I was a parent, I'd be pissed. That's the most ridiculous thing ever. Like how could, like what happened to her to make her become that big of an asshole to do that to these kids? 
Oh, the substitutes teacher's identity has not been released. I'm sure you could find it. I'm sure someone knows. Yeah, let's see. I'm like, what an asshole thing to do. Teacher told kids Sam Rufin School District. Uh, see, the school apologized. Like nothing out of the teacher. She was a substitute. Mm-hmm. So she was a prostitute teacher. She's given substitutes a bad name. All the substitutes are respected. But if you do shit like this, I hope you uh, hope you feel the same wrath. Yeah, she's dead on the inside if she's doing stuff like that. Well, that's North Jersey, man. She might she might never be seen again. Let's put it that way. North Jersey's a horrible place. Let's be honest. <laughs> Horrible place occupied by horrible people. So the principal sent a, a letter about poor judgment. Yeah, they've never actually, they don't. See, the more of these yeah. stories we, you know, we talked about something off the air before, and you hear something like this, the more that homeschooling makes a lot of sense. Oh, this is horrible things. I mean, and to wrap up this week's episode, Another wonderful story from the good old New York Post. 300-pound woman says she sat on boyfriend during fatal attack. Goddamn. Dude, these, these authors are just brutal. Dude, the New York Post is, is gold. <laughs> I bet, you know what? I bet that a substitute teacher is going to get a job writing for the New York Post next. <laughs> or collaborating as a, as a consultant. Yeah. So a rotund Pennsylvania woman has pleaded guilty to killing her boyfriend in an attack that included crushing him with the weight of her massive body. Approximately 300 pounds now classifies you as massive. Yeah. Approximately 300 pound Wendy Thomas, 44 of Erie faces prison sentence of 18 to 36 years after pleading Guilty Monday to third degree murder in the death of 120 pound Kino <laughs> Butler, 41, last March. Man, she threw his ass around like a rag doll, didn't she? This is a 41 year old man who weighed 120 pounds. Damn, crack is, is a terrible drug, man. Apparently, he was on crack and she was on like friggin' Entomans because. Entomans and a steady diet are fucking. Big Macs, like just like chowing down. Oof. It's Super a, size. It's a good result based upon the facts of the case, said Thomas's court appointed lawyer, Ooh. Mark DeLuca. I think it's fair for both sides. The victim's sister disagreed. I feel like she should have 40 or more. She deserved life. The sister said her family is still struggling to cope with her brother's death. Oof. God damn. I think I saw something on YouTube like similar to this. It was like a big girl and a skinny guy and she just was slapping him around. <laughs> that was a yeah. little funny. But. Yeah, it says Thomas told investigators she cut Butler in the hand with a knife and hit him in the head with a table leg during a squabble. You sure that shouldn't be a turkey leg? Is that a typo? <laughs> Thomas also admitted that she smothered him with the weight of her body. God damn. Oof. That's hard. So imagine if that if that was supposed to be turkey leg and it was like an autocorrect. It was like, no, no. She Table really leg, hit him with a turkey leg. You see yeah. those turkey legs at the medieval times things? It's like gigantic. Yeah, they're wonderful. <clears throat> Damn. Smothering him with the weight of her body. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, you know, 
I'm sure, you know, there's certain videos you can check out on adult only websites where there's some positive smothering stuff going on. No, there's none. There's not a, anything. Even, there's no. just a lot of hurt and sadness. If you, if you like any of that video stuff, you're a freak and you just shouldn't be happy. It's not good. Yeah, this is, uh, this is hey, everybody's dabbled late night and you're alone. You're single. You're just like, I'm looking what's out there. What's this category? And you just, you're afraid you even click it. It's horrible. Yeah. Still dead inside now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still not as bad as the, uh, the cuckold. Oh, don't even, if you want to go to a dark place, that's, that's as dark. That's one of the darker places you can get to. I've heard of that. Know know what it is. Have not watched that. I I, I watched. I can't. I watched part of one by accident before I knew what it oh, was. Oh. And uh, I was like, "Yup, super not into this." Wow, that super uh, got rid of my boner. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for an album out. Super not into this. Going to bed now. Marry him out. See you. <laughs> gonna watch the office or Seinfeld that's what I do shivering in bed knowing this exists now <laughs> shaking rocking back and forth yeah. oh my god she fucking hit him so she cut him hit him and then fucking I'm a smuggling motherfucker god damn 120 pounds I think I ate 120 pounds in like I gotta say two days I think I ate 120 pounds of stolen this past month <laughs> this past week <laughs> Dude, is there a, a rating of the best Stalin? You know what? I think I may be working on that for the end of the year podcast because Dude, that would be the best like review. Like I'm sure a lot of people are like, what is it? Number one, what is a stolen? What is yeah. your rating criteria? And then where did you get stolen from? What's your best? That'd be I the think so. I think it's going to be kind of a, a tri-state area best of stolen. But I do want to start branching out. And I, whenever I like whatever I'm going anywhere around the holiday season, I always try to find the best bakeries that have the best stolen so that, you know, hopefully I can set up like an intercontinental championship of stolen at some point. You could be the mail order stolen king of freaking the US. That would be so awesome if I get like no, known as being like the stolen review guy and like all of a sudden <laughs> they just start like showing up in my house, like just dozens Dude. of them. No fucking stolen comes into this area, to this country, without Brian knowing about it. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just make a stolen start selling it on the streets. What about what? man versus stolen? <laughs> it's like selling drugs. You can't move stolen in this area without approval from Brian. That's right. Uh, it'd be hilarious. Like fucking stolen cartel. Dare to dream. The stolen cartel, man. You yeah. like you know. I control. You gotta speak with like a Cuban or a Latinx, and I don't know because I've been watching too much narcos. You're like, I can throw all the strollings in this area, <laughs> or maybe German accent. There's Germans. German stolen mafia. Yep. Is there a German mafia? No. That we know. Of? I don't think so. Well, mafia is not real. It's a made up thing. You know. That's what of everybody course. says. Yeah. Right. But we know there's a Russian mafia, Jewish mafia, Italian mafia. There's a Cuban mafia, otherwise known as cartels, right? Yeah. It's got to be Mexican mafia. I don't know if I've ever heard of a Puerto Rican mafia. I think it's too small of a nation. Yeah. Um, I, could, I could try to dream, but uh, no, German mafia, I've never heard of it. There's no Dutch you mafia. Know. Oh, I think there is a Dutch mafia, isn't it? Like, uh, they just like knock over like rival troop waffle stands. Oh no, it's a, it's a Pennsylvania Dutch mafia. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Am 
motherfucker's like, I'm stealing your buttons. That's right. I'm the button king. You want buttons? You come to me. Amish paradise. <laughs> you, you need another horse? I'm the horse guy. You come to me for horses and buttons. You got the button business? I got the horse business. We don't, we don't cross paths. <laughs> don't bring in that zipper guy because we're not... Uh, Asian gangs. There's Asian gang mafias, right? Triads and... Yakuza, right? Is that the most dangerous Asian gang, Yakuza? I think so. That's the only one I've heard of. I think that's because of... I could think Fast and Furious and yeah. some other <laughs> movies, yeah. right? Um, All right. Well, I think that wraps up the old podcast for the week. All right. I'm going to work on getting some mail or stone. There you go. Make it happen. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Please check us out. Skibumpodcast.com. All of our information is on there. All of our socials, our new shop. We'll have the show notes. Lots of great information. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcasting apps. And we'll talk to you all next week. Fantastic. See you.